I'd like to extend a very warm welcome to all our attendees at CBHI Discover. I'm Gareth Carpenter, Farmer Editor at Informer Markets, and in this special podcast, which is part of our mini-series on formulation approaches and techniques, we're going to take a trip into the world of spray drying and how this simple but effective technology is transforming pharmaceutical manufacturing processes. Spray drying can be used in various pharmaceutical applications and has become an increasingly popular technique in the production of formulations of poorly soluble APIs and inhalable dry powder formulations. This remarkable technology involves spraying a liquid formulation through a nozzle, creating small droplets that dry and produce powder in one single step. So, first of all, I'd like to introduce the speaker on today's podcast. I'm pleased to say that I'm joined by Stefano Console, Senior Advisor and Founder at Oriento. Stefano has 27 years of experience in the pharmaceutical and fine chemical business and has had several strategic roles at different CDMOs in Italy and Switzerland, managing projects for pharma partners across Europe, the US and Japan. He's an expert in pharmaceutical particle engineering technologies, especially spray drying and micronization, and respiratory products. Currently, Stefano is senior advisor at Oriento, the life sciences consultant company he founded in 2018, and he's also a member of the advisory board at the European Respiratory Cluster of Antwerp. Stefano, welcome to the CPHI Discover podcast. Nice to meet you. Okay, I'm really looking forward to this conversation. Stefano, just to begin, I think the first thing to say about spray drying technology is that it's nothing new. It was first used by the food industry as far back as the 19th century. So to kick off, could you explain to us how the process works and when the farmer industry started using spray drying? Yeah, in effect, the spray drying technology is not brand new technologies dating at least under the 40 years and then began to be used very often in the food industry around 100 years ago in one of the fields that still is very important for spray drying that is the milk powder production the technology i would say rather simple and probably as always simple things that are so smart and very interesting technology works creating a feed and then we can comment a little bit how is this feed. This feed is uh, pushed to nozzle and is so is atomized. So basically, you create very small droplets, and these droplets are falling in a hot gas, nitrogen, yeah. and uh, these create flash drying of the droplet. So the solvent is removed, and this droplet become a particle. And this particle to all together are powder, then separated using a, a cyclone or a filter, or a cyclone and a filter at the same time. And then you can collect your powder at the end of the process. And the, the beauty of that uh, is that the feed uh, can be a solution, but can be also a suspension or an emulsion. And that means that the feed can contain uh, many components, of course, the milk is a perfect example that everyone can understand. And in a single step, you can control the formation of the particle, obtaining powder for the scope, for the use that or the purpose you need. I see. And Stefano, what were the very first pharmaceutical products, to your mind anyway, to which the spray drying technique was applied in the manufacturing process? 
So, yes, the technology, as we said, has been used for food industry since 100 years ago. For the pharmaceutical, the first research or use of the technology is dating back on the 40s of last century by a group of academic, Professor Bullock is one of name, and like Brown, and they started to apply this technology to dry some ingredients for pharmaceutical use, like vitamins, for example, or also adrenaline, also some of the organics compound. But then the real, uh, let me say, referring to marketed product using the technology, we have to go later in end of last century, let me say 95, 97, 2001, uh, dates where the first product came to the market. Uh, and uh, one I would like to mention is Spornox, for example, is an antifungal. But then there were also some uh, antiviral compounds that at the beginning were obtained by spray drying and currently are marketed using other technologies. So basically, in terms of pharmaceutical usage, commercially speaking, we're talking about 25 years ago. So not really, not too far. Okay, so you've mentioned how the process works. I guess the next question really is why? I mean, what are the main benefits of spray drying which make it so suitable for pharmaceutical manufacturing? This is uh, really the question uh, that is the core of, as I said before, you know, this is a simple technology. Many people believe that is very complicated, but it's not like that. And I will explain in a minute why. The beauty of this technology that in a single step, that is drying, you can obtain a particle that we can say also powder, but looking at the microscopic level, this powder is composed by particles. And you can control not only the particle size, so the dimension of the particle, there are many other techniques. Micronization is a technique where also I know very well where you look specifically to particle size. But with spray drying, you can obtain also a certain morphology. So this particle can be rounded, uh, squared, uh, you know, with some specific uh, characteristics. And also another important element, because in the feed you can put different ingredients, you can also work on the stability of the particle. In effect, the reason why the pharmaceutical industry started looking at this technology was because the pharmaceutical industry had to face the poor bioavailability of some new chemical entities, new active ingredients. And the pharmaceutical industry found in the spray drying the possibility to mix the active ingredients with some other excipients or adjuvant able to facilitate the bioavailability of the compound. So the beauty of this technology is that you can... Uh, control a lot of what you put in the feed. And with the process, you can control a lot of what you can obtain as a powder. And to create a powder really with the characteristic for the specific purpose. This technology is applied in the pharmaceutical, not only, for example, for oral solid, very famous amorphous solid dispersion, but for example, another field that also is becoming more and more important is the field of the inhalation powders, where the control of the particle characteristics is fundamental to design particle able to fly into the lungs. 
I see. Stefano, pharmaceutical spray dryers are, are by no means homogenous. I mean, for example, there are variations in the type of nozzle used, the type of drying gas, as you've explained. What are the main types of spray drying equipment used in pharma manufacturing and, and which types of products are they most suited to? Yes, your, your, your point is correct. And uh, again, this is uh, many people because they don't know in detail how the technology works they look at the you know which is the equipment brand so if i do an experiment with a certain equipment then i assume that is very difficult to translate in another equipment this is not correct to say because uh, the key of this technology is the atomization so the creation of the droplet the droplet is the key i would say that there are two levels of how to say equipment or you know, in the technology to be considering that is the dryer and you are correct saying there are different brands the different not so many you know compared if you compare to other field like you know tableting or capsule filling or fluid bed dryers where there are really dozens of manufacturer in the field of the spray drying I would say the most important or the, the probably are less than 10. So <laughs> completely different scenario, even if there are newcomers and the, the field is growing together with the applications. So the equipment manufacturing is an aspect, but the other part that is very relevant uh, is the nozzle. So when you create the droplet, and of course, uh, maybe in this podcast, I don't want to go too much <laughs> in this detail, but how you create the droplet is crucial. And so what uh, is interesting that there are very good companies and some of these companies are, you know, 100 years of experience, you can really find the right nozzle for your application and you can couple the nozzle together with the, with the dryer, you know, with the larger equipment and you can always solve your problem. You were mentioning that there are different kind of uh, atomization systems, so there's high pressure, two fluids uh, and other rotating nozzle that uh, I don't like very much for pharmaceutical, but uh, um, because they are not easy to clean. But basically, the most important principle is how you want to create your droplet, and you can find the right solution to manage that. I see. And my next question, I think a lot of people in the CPHI audience would be interested in this, and it's about commercialization. How easy is it to scale up spray drying processes to commercial without compromising on quality? Um, what are the risks to look out for at this stage of development? Yes, and thank you. This question allow me to expand a little bit uh, on the scalability. As I said at the beginning, first of all, now the spray drying is a really hot topic. If you see in the last, uh, you know, despite difficult uh, worldwide situation in which we are. But if you look at the, I could measure an acquisition or, you know, announcement from companies, you can see in the last 12 months, many, many announcements about spray drying, new installation, scale up, uh, acquisition of sites uh, within a larger network and et cetera. So there is an attention because uh, the reality is that the industry and especially talking about small molecule, but uh, eventually hope uh, we can talk also about biologics. 
more and more these uh, small molecules present the poor bioavailability issue. So this technology is becoming very relevant. There are some classes of compound in the anti-cancer, in the antiviral, that today you must go with the formulation with spray drying. There are also other techniques, but most of the formulation specialists, they are really comfortable with spray drying. So saying that, uh, Everyone can do everything at lab scale, but then to move to commercial scale is another game. It's true for many other fields and technologies, specifically for spray drying. Spray drying per se, there is no magic into the spray drying. Unfortunately, some people believe there is magic, but there is not magic. The, compared to other um, technologies, spray drying includes really a number of parameters. And not for all products, uh, all the parameters are relevant for the final quality of your powder. So what is magic is that you need to be good in understanding which are the key parameters that are linked to the final quality you want. And to control this during the scale-up. Easy to say, most difficult to do, but luckily we have some tools and some possible approach on that also to preserve the quality and to reduce the number of unuseful experiment. And this tool, for example, is mathematical modeling. Mathematical modeling is still, in my opinion, poorly used. And also geographically speaking, you have North America, United States, where there is more attention to that. Europe still, there is a lot of way to go. But with the mathematical modeling, you can simulate the process and the scaling up and then to run experiment on larger scale already knowing what should be the results. Of course, there is a, a percentage of error depending on the, on the quality of the data you are working, but we made experience on that uh, as Oriental because we are specialist uh, advisor in spray drying and we made some experiment very successfully in such a direction. You need to know and understand very well how is your process because the risk, and again, everything starts from the nozzle. I have seen in some cases in which different nozzle has been used in small scale and large scale, and this already changed the quality attributes of your powder. Then it depends. There are for some oral solid, this is not so much relevant. But for example, for inhalation powder, if you change powder characteristic, de facto you change the delivery dose in your lungs. And so this has a big impact on the therapy. Stefano, I just have one final question. The pharmaceutical sector is renowned for innovation. I'd like to understand what the future holds for spray drying in pharmaceuticals. As we've established, it's mainly known as an, an, an enabling technology for poorly soluble oral drugs. But is there any potential for growth in, say, peptides, proteins, monoclonal antibodies? Thank you, because, uh, yeah, this is the other important topic here. Today, as you said, spray drying is seen as the technology of election for amorphous solid dispersion. But thanks to some recent, really few years ago, there was some new introduction in the technology, some new nozzle system like the electrostatic spray drying, for example, that allow to handle different feed compared to the past. Again, if we come back to the milk, 
we can say milk is a biological uh, compound. Okay? And now there are a lot of academic and I would say initial scientific research in the biological using spray drying as an alternative to lyophilization. Because the, the problem of the freeze drying or lyophilization is that as the micronization in terms of particle size reduction, lyophilization is a drying technique that works very well, very controlled condition, uh, allowed to handle very thermal sensitive compounds, very delicate compounds. The problem is that you cannot do particle engineering. So you obtain a powder and then most of the, the time, for example, in the, in, the, in the living biotherapeutics, then you have to take this powder and you have to mill the powder. And uh, the, you know, the living biotherapeutics, for example, are not so happy to go to a mill. You can obtain a flowable uh, defined powder using spray drying. And again, now there are very interesting examples on, on this direction because the spray drying per se is a technology also where you can uh, obtain a gentle drying, and namely with, with electrostatic spray drying, for example, you can also reduce the, the temperature, this living biologicals, for example, are very sensitive to temperature, and you can obtain a powder that can be well formulated after the drying step. So the future is definitely, and this is my personal opinion, is the substitution in many situations of the current lyophilization technique, and also with the possibility to formulate these biologics and to stabilize and to avoid, for example, and vaccine also is a field where there are a lot of investigation nowadays because there would be the possibility to stabilize the vaccine in a way that you'd obtain a powder that can be reconstituted afterwards, but then you do not need very cold chain to supply the vaccine. And just on the vaccine, you're considering the current situation, this would be really a life-saving technology for, for many countries. Now, definitely, this is a, the future will be a bright future in the biologics, for sure. That's great to hear. Stefano, thank you very much for sharing all these insights. It's been absolutely fascinating. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share. And uh, thank you, Gart, uh, for your questions. That's it for today's CPHI Discover podcast. To find out what else is available in our packed schedule of content for this huge virtual event, please do head to cphi.com. Have a great day ahead and thanks for listening. Music.